0: my name is Raya, and this is Was That Good For You, a podcast all about sex and relationships. We cover everything from kink to self-love to long-distance dating and everything in between. Today's topic is going to be, I mean, it's kind of a lot of different topics, but we're going to cover a bunch of stuff from sexual confidence to lack of desire to guilt and shame around sex. Um, today's guest is
1: Lacey Broussard.
0: Thanks for coming on, Lacey. Do you want to tell my uh, listeners a little bit about what you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mainly work with women that lack desire and want to feel sexy again. (laughs) So that's my, my main area of focus.
0: I love that. How did you, how did you get started with that?
1: Yeah, I actually started this business after noticing how many women, especially after they had kids struggled with their sex lives. I had. My kid's really young. I was 23 and 25 when I had two kids. And okay. Most of my friends hadn't okay. had them at that point. And then, like, you know, by the time I got in my, my early 30s, like, right when I turned around 30, uh, most of my friends started having kids. And I was working in a birth center. And it just became, like, a, an ongoing joke that, like, you know, after you have kids, your sex life is kind of over. And yeah. I'm like, that's so not true for me. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, just knowing that women really struggled um, in that big life transition, it just inspired me to want to help them. So I totally signed up to do a sex-love relationship coach training, and it's totally changed my life, and obviously it's helping so many other people too.
0: I love that. Why do you think you kind of had, like, an inert way of just keeping that part of you versus some women who maybe lose it?
1: Well, part of the reason that I feel like I didn't is because I was also learning the jade egg practice. Okay. (laughs) And that's uh, one of our our points of focus, I guess, on today's conversation. So I'll, I guess I could share a little bit about it now. If you want. Yeah,
0: let's let's jump right into it, because I actually don't know anything about it, but I'm very curious. So I would I would love for you to give me as well, just kind of a little um, history about it and, and exactly what it is.
1: Yeah, totally. So the J D A G practice is an ancient Dallas practice So it comes from ancient China. And it's been around for about 1500 years and it was developed by women for the high priestesses and courtesans of China at the time Whoa. and it was yeah it's like it has the most fascinating history actually uh, only the women that were high priestesses and courtesans were the women really allowed to be in their sexual power to you know be sexually expressed yeah. and not be shamed for it right okay and these women learned this practice called the Jade Egg, um, to help them to be feel more vital inside, to help them uh, maintain their sexuality through the years, uh, to help them feel really good in their bodies. And it's just an egg-shaped stone that you just put in your pussy and you do different squeezes and releases with it oh my and God. different breathwork practices.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much like yoga for your vagina.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. And so, because I've never heard of this before, how did you even find out about it in the first place?
1: It was totally by accident, actually. I signed up to take a an online business training course uh, from this gal that I was following named Layla Martin, and she was starting a course called uh, like a jade egg course and because i signed up for this online business training through her somehow i got on her email list from like a facebook ad yeah um i just ended up taking the course for free and i'm like well this is kind of weird like i don't even know why i want to do this but i heard that it could like help you cure your sexual shame your body shame and i had a lot of it i was like "Hmm, wonder i wonder what this is all about (laughs) so i just grew up to courage and like took the course anyway just yeah. out of sheer curiosity like it was literally nothing other than I'm really curious
0: yeah absolutely
1: yeah and what happened was it completely changed my life
0: <laughs> that's amazing. yeah it
1: was epic mm-hmm.
0: so so it,
1: that, go ahead
0: is it something that's like for pleasure or is it more about like this like the spirituality behind it and what it can do for you kind of like sexual
1: health wise It's for both. So the main benefits of the jade egg practice are that it's not only going to tone and strengthen your pelvic floor, but it helps you to have longer lasting and stronger orgasms because the research and science has shown us that the more toned and strengthened a woman's pelvic floor is the stronger and longer her orgasms are going to be. Wow. And it also helps to sensitize the deep vagina so that you can have uh, vaginal orgasms like a, from your A spot. So you can have cervical orgasms and G spot orgasms, which are orgasms most women don't really know that they've ever had or may not have ever really experienced.
0: Yeah. Because absolutely. when we
1: learn to masturbate or self pleasure, it's usually just around the clitoris. So, uh-huh. like, a lot of us are super familiar with the clitoris, but we don't really experience a lot of orgasms or even know if we have. And our deep vagina.
0: Wow. And okay. the data
1: can like totally help you do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like one thing that's kind of like always kind of talked about on the podcast is the fact that so many women and so many women I know have such a hard time, um, orgasming from penetrative sex. It's like mm-hmm. some huge number of women, like 60 or 70% like cannot come from penetrative sex. So it's really interesting mm-hmm. that there are actually ways that you can kind of help yourself learn to possibly be able to do that? Because I had no idea that that was even, I thought it was one of those things where it's like, you're either born with it or you're not.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the message that we get. And yeah. I'm, sadly, it's like, we're just now finding out that the clitoris extends way beyond what you can see on the outside, that the the actual bulb of the clitoris extends. Far into the deep vagina So a lot of the orgasms That you can have in your deep vagina Like just by using the jade egg You can help to sensitize And stimulate those areas Where the clitoral nerves actually do reach But you just don't know that they're there Because they're internal <laughs>
0: Wow yeah.
1: yeah. So you it's can actually yes, orgasm every, from the have jade egg Orgasmic experiences there What's that?
0: So you can actually orgasm from the jade egg
1: you can have a jade egg orgasm, yes. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not about having an orgasm with a J egg. end, right. but like the effects of the practice are that they really show up and partner sexual experiences. So like if you're you if you have penetration in sex, they, it shows up a lot with that. And honestly yeah. that's like the thing that it really helped me do was like i became super multi-orgasmic after i started using a jade egg and i was able to have orgasms from penetration like so easy
0: wow Mm -hmm. so is this something that you is it something that you recommend more completely for solo play or can somebody like explore a jade egg with a partner
1: well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise you to use it with a partner, okay. but you know, you could do that at your own discretion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't want to give yeah. people
0: advice to like be putting it, using it as a butt plug or something. It's like.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. You definitely don't want to use it as an anal plug or butt plug. No, it's not meant to be used in your anus, but yeah, it's like, you know, I, I've had sex with it and accidentally once and it didn't hurt me. How about that? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so where so where can you get one?
1: Uh, I saw one on my website oh, nice. at themoltierorgasmmama.com. Amazing. Slash shop. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Uh, so on this topic, I feel like we're ta- like we're talking a lot about the egg in the in the context of the fact that it helps women with orgasms, but also um is it something cuz I know you talk a lot about like lack of desire, right? Because I have friends even my age and like you said that it kind of go- can dwindle down after um, after kids, or maybe if you've been with someone for a long time, but like I said, I have friends who are even like 23, 24, who are constantly dealing with that, with like this lack of desire after even being with a partner for only two years, or not even being with a partner, and it kind of just like is this ebb and flow. I feel like women seem to struggle with that more than men. Is Do you find that?
1: Yeah, absolutely, for sure, and the reasons are so complex. So for younger women, it usually has to do with well, number one, not understanding your body. Okay. And not understanding how like female pleasure and orgasm works, uh, not understanding your sexual breaks and accelerators. Uh, but sometimes it can be underlying trauma and negative sexual conditioning. And right. honestly, a lot of times that is the case. Uh, so th- th- it's a really complex subject. So I'm just like, I'm curious. What what about those answers? Might you have more questions about?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you mean? I, I'm sorry. If you can, you said negative sexual conditioning. conditioning. Yeah, I would love to know a little bit more mm-hmm. about what that is.
1: Yeah. Well, the negative sexual conditioning is basically none of none of us got raised in a super sex-positive environment. Right, absolutely. I mean, even if even if our parents were sex-positive, there's always something in your environment that's not, whether it's the media, whether it's the school you went to, whether it's the religion you got raised in, or whether it's your parents, there's always negative forces, especially around women's sexuality, negative messages that yeah. you get. And a lot of us don't understand how deep that goes and how it sits in our nervous system which is the main problem okay (laughs) that we think it's our hormones we think there's something wrong with us and i just want to say that if you lack sexual desire and you're young and you're like what the fuck is wrong with me yeah nothing is wrong with you like you're not broke there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with you almost 99 percent of the time it's just because you got raised with some really shitty messages about sex Female pleasure and orgasm.
0: Yeah, I feel like especially women are just kind of raised to be very shameful about sex. I mean, I grew up personally. My my household wasn't super religious, but I went to private Catholic school from three to eighteen. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And mm-hmm. I I always talk about like how I feel. I don't know necessarily exactly when it's going to happen, but like something will come up and I'll get this like pang of like Catholic guilt. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's weird because I, like, you know, host a sex podcast and I'm pretty open and, like, something will happen and it'll just, like, hit me out of nowhere. Like, I'll be super sexually open with my partner and doing all these, you know, kinky things and we'll be- feel fine. And then I'll, like, say, oh, my God. And, like, in certain instances, I'll be like, oh, my God, I just said that during sex. I'm <laughs> going to hell. Like, and, like, it immediately like, takes me out of the moment. And so it, like, hits me yeah. in these random times that I don't even know it's going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. It does. And that's where you've got to, like, really work and do the inner work to get that inner Catholic nun, like, under control, right? Yeah,
0: because it's there <laughs> like, for sure.
1: Yeah, like, we all have that uh, that shame voice, right? And, and our sexual experiences at some point. Like, you might not have it all the time, but yeah, like you said, when I do really kinky stuff, sometimes I'll have that shame voice pop up that even though logically you don't believe any of the stuff that you got, was got taught was true. Uh-huh. Your body still holds on to it. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like really releasing that stuff from your body. Sexuality is, is imprinted on our deep primal brain, like the unconscious brain. So even though you don't agree with, you know, maybe you don't, you don't, you don't agree with the Catholic shame around sex if that's what you got grown up with or that's what you got taught, your unconscious brain does not agree. Yeah. And that's why you have that feeling, right? Like, oh shit, there's a shame again. Yeah. <laughs> Damn
0: it. And that's what's so hard is that <laughs> juxtaposition between like our, our, Literal animal side of us That is primal And that wants to have sex And understands that it's like A natural part And then like what the media Mm. Has taught us Especially as women And trying to like Balance that And and like no wonder Women have such a hard time Orgasming Because like What like a Very two conflicting Huge things in our life For us to be like Having to deal with
1: No kidding Right? Yeah that's what I mean By negative sexual conditioning That there's like Always something In our environment That we have growing up, that we get messages that aren't positive about sex. So, like, sometimes when I'm working with women, like, one of the first things to have them do is rewrite their sexual narrative. Like, well, if you did get raised in a super sex positive home Uh and your religion was like celebrated sexuality and you got taught in the school system all about female pleasure and all the boys got taught about how to pleasure women. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) Can you, like, even imagine how different our sex lives would be?
0: Oh, my God. I feel like even some people I know that grew up in very, like, lenient households, they might not feel necessarily shame, but they may have, like, a hard time communicating. Or, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? There's so many different things, like, now that you're talking about it that I feel, like, come conditioned and affect you now in your adult sex life
1: yeah totally and it's almost like the older you get the more it comes up and the more you're like oh my god I can't believe this is still affecting me yeah like I have clients in their 30s 40s whatever they come to me like I see like I'm a super empowered feminist like why can't I have an orgasm <laughs> or why is it not easier you know yeah and I'm like Because you might logically think that with your conscious brain, but your subconscious brain doesn't believe it's actually safe to, like, let go and receive and surrender and, like, enjoy pleasure. (laughs) So there's a dissonance going on between the mind and the body. And you really got to like work with the body in order to heal that. And then the jade egg practice is why I use it with my female clients because it is a somatic body-based practice to help get that junk out of your body. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wow, that makes so much sense. So is that what you – so if somebody comes to you and they have these kind of underlying condition issues, is that something you work – I know you said you, you, you have them rewrite the narrative around sex. So like what does that look like?
1: Well, when you're rewriting the sexual narrative, that's like a very top-down approach okay. to working with our sexual conditioning. But since, you know, like I was saying, there's there's a lot in our bodies that we're not getting out either. Because all of this conditioning and trauma that we experience around our sexuality, it registers on the body level in your nervous system. There is no hierarchy to sexual Trauma, okay, and negative sexual conditioning, and that means that it's not about the events that happen to you growing up. It's about how they register in your nervous system and how they're sitting in it, and how your system reacts to certain um, triggers or certain events, like when you're doing kinky things, like. Why is my nervous system freaking out? Why am I freezing right now? Why do I just want to run away from the situation? I don't even know. Right? Yeah. So there's just like a lot of unconscious stuff that we're not even aware of that's affecting our sexual experiences.
0: Yeah. That's so interesting. Cause like, like I was saying, like for me, it's like I, the act, I don't necessarily get like triggered by, but for some reason with words I do. And it's so, I'm, I'm like trying to kind of figure out hmm, like what, what could have been the condition <laughs> that led to that? Cause like I said, it's like anything act wise I can do and feel fine. But the second like dirty talk comes into play or even kind of just like speaking at all in general, like during like a sexual act, that's kind of when it starts to trigger me and I start to get a lot more shameful or even just like in my head or insecure
1: yeah and going in your head is like your body's defense mechanism and that's like one thing that i hear all the time is that women in particular struggle so hard to stay out of their heads in sex and this is why okay the reason that you go in your head when you're in sex is because it's a safe place because you don't have to be in your body yeah and Sometimes when you're growing up and you have these negative experiences that happen, you escape your body because it feels safe to. Like if you get ashamed for touching yourself when you're a little kid or maybe you just like passively picked up the message that it wasn't okay for you to masturbate as a little kid. Yeah. Like um, when you go to have sex with your partner and you're like, oh my God, like why can't I touch myself yeah, and masturbate in front of my partner. Yeah. Like a lot of times it's something just as simple as that that'll trigger the experience. It's like crap, that's still living inside my body. Why can't I get it out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: mm-hmm. okay. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> that's a good place to take a quick break <laughs> and then we'll jump right back in. So another thing I kind of wanted to talk about, and I guess this kind of um, goes in like a through line to everything we're talking about, but I know that you kind of help women expand their pleasure with tantra. Yeah. I don't really know anything yeah. about Tantra. So, that's, is that something you can kind of talk, touch on and talk a little bit about?
1: Yeah, totally. Well, Tantra is just an ancient practice as well that got developed in the Indian subcontinent around the exact same time that the Dallas JDIG practice was being developed. And Tantra is way more than just a sex position. <laughs> okay, a lot of people think it's just some weird way to have sex. Yeah. But The actual, that has nothing to do with what Tantra actually is. It is a spiritual path to enlightenment that doesn't really bypass your sexuality on the way getting there. Okay. But there's actually two different paths to Tantra, right? There's a very classical Tantra from India, and that's more about someone's spirituality using their sexual energy to really activate high ecstatic blissful states of being and then there's like a totally different uh realm of tantra that's called neo-tantra that came about from this guru called osho have you heard of osho uh
0: no i have not
1: okay so you'll often see a lot of quotes uh, by osho like he's pretty well known he had this crazy compound up in organ i think uh, like some people thought it was like a cult. Okay, um, it was really controversial. There's a huge Netflix series called Wild Wild Country. Okay, all on Osho. And so, if you want to learn about him, like it's super fascinating. But yeah. Basically, he is the founder of um, Neo Tantra, and that's kind of what popularized Tantra in the Western world. Okay. Was Osho. And he developed these practices that would help people to really liberate themselves out of their sexual conditioning and to be able to heal each other sexually. So there's a huge healing component in Tantra too. And some of the neo tantric practices are really amazing for couples because okay. it helps you to like be able to connect in a much deeper, more meaningful way. So yeah. like if you struggle with... Intimacy in your relationship or your your partner's just like uh, you're not really connecting on the level you want. Yeah. Like some of the, the neo tantra practices are just so beautiful for helping a couple to really ignite that more intimate spark that they might be missing. Yeah. But it's also super cool because it helps you, if, especially if you're a dude, uh, to last as long as you want in bed. Wow. And to become multi orgasmic as a man. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Wow, okay. So a man who is yeah. dealing with like uh, coming too quickly or something might be able to use those practices to help him.
1: Absolutely. Yes, Tantra is so great for men that really have some pretty um pretty big things going on for them. So if you have like premature ejaculation, uh, that's learning tantra about, oh my gosh, that's going to be like the best thing because you start to learn what to do with the turn on instead of just keeping it in your cock, right? Right. And you can actually take the turn on that you feel and move it through your body and you learn it's like sexual mastery, right? Like I have a men's program called sexual men's sexual mastery and okay. it's all about like how to master. Your sexual energy is a man, so you can last longer in bed. You can become multi-orgasmic even.
0: Wow. Do you feel like men and kind of like the sexual, the more common sexual issues they face also have to do with them kind of being in their head?
1: For sure. Yeah, there's so much performance pressure for men. That uh, it's it's hard for them to get out of their head about it too, but just in a completely different way. Like for men, it's mostly about I just want to please her. I need to make sure I can stay hard long enough, right? You know, or right. I want to give her all the orgasms possible, and that often kills an erection. <laughs> like right in and of so itself, right? That's a lot of pressure. On your- yeah, like if you put that kind of pressure on your body constantly, your body's going to start freaking out and be like, look, I can't do this. You got to stop, right? For sure. And it's like almost the older men get, the the more that becomes apparent that they have to stop making uh, sex so much about how many orgasms they can give their partner. And they have to start really tuning into their body and listening to their body and learning what to do with, turn on how to channel turn on throughout the body. And yeah, Tantra is like the best thing you could learn to really master sexuality as a man, because it gives you the tools and practices about who you're being yeah. and sex and not so much about what you're doing. And that's like a learning curve for men. They think they need to do all these things. When most women, if you ask them what makes sex amazing, they're just like, sex is amazing when he just is there and right. he's present and I know he's here with me.
0: Yes, right? absolutely.
1: Yeah, and it's not so much about like what they're actually doing to us. Like, we just want to know you're here with us and you got us. It's exactly.
0: Like <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like men put so much pressure on themselves. I actually just had a friend reach out and text me and he was like, okay, you know, sex question, of course, I have to come to you. And he was like, I feel like like women want us to last, you know, maybe 30 minutes or longer And we should be doing, like, at least three positions. And I'm like, I don't know where you're getting your information. (laughs) But it is definitely not a science, first of all. And second of all, like, most women I know, it's like you just said. It's like, if they feel like you're there and with them in the moment and they feel that intimacy and also, like, especially if they've orgasmed. It could be 10 minutes and you guys could like have just been in missionary and like staring into each other's eyes for those 10 minutes. 7 minutes, it doesn't matter. Like it it's not so it's not such a science and it's definitely not such a science that has the pressure of like three positions and 30 minutes. <laughs> oh
1: my god. Yeah, that's So ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. It's not about, like, what you're doing in sex that makes it good for women. It's totally just about, like, how you're showing up and who you're being and the experience that matters to most women.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like another thing, too, it's interesting because I feel like, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit, women have this kind of hard time where society tells us that we... Um, you know, shouldn't be sexual beings. And so we have kind of like this repressed energy and this social conditioning. But then men, on the other hand, I feel like they're allowed to be sexual beings, but they're not allowed to be like, intimate beings. They're not allowed to be like communicative with sex. So, so many men I know, it's like they, they don't necessarily maybe have the same shame that women have, but they have a hard time communicating their needs or asking for the needs of a woman because they feel almost like shame that they don't just inherently know it. Or if they have a hard time coming or getting hard, it's like there's there, there can't be like a conversation about it, like this very open thing. It has to be this thing that they have to kind of like figure out on their own.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, that that goes back to like all the, the performance pressure that women put on men. Like, it's rare to be with a guy that like doesn't put that sort of pressure on him, or doesn't feel like he's a total loser or right. or a failure. at slacks if he's not hard the entire time, you know, which is ridiculous. Like, it's okay that you know you. I have an issue. I mean, just like women, like sometimes we can't orgasm every time. Do we put that sort of pressure on ourselves that, oh my God, there's something wrong with us. We can't have an orgasm every single time. Well, some of us probably do, but like, there's nothing wrong with you. And the same thing with men, like there's nothing wrong with you just because, you know, you might not be able to get hard in a particular situation. And just like dropping the goal around it, like sex is just... So goal oriented these for days For sure it's it like, absolutely is Oh my god if we could just drop the goals And the expectations and just like Freaking be with each other yeah. <laughs> And just like share a, An intimate encounter like It doesn't have to be about about The freaking penis and vagina Sex all the time or whatever else You know or right. a combination or whatever You know
0: yeah it's the mm-hmm. journey Not the destination and that goes for, for Sex as well as it does for life <laughs>
1: Yeah, totally. Exactly.
0: I feel like one of the big things that kind of touches on both of those issues for men and women that I'm constantly hearing about is, like, the classic scenario where a guy can't come and the girl gets, like, very upset, not with him, but, like, almost with herself. And she's like, what can I do? Let's do this. Let's do this. Like, is everything okay? And the guy's like, I just need a minute for you to stop. And I just, like, y- you're making it, like, work. Like, so many men I know who have talked about it are like, I, I'm- I-, I will come to you when I'm ready. But, like... I don't need if I like if I can't come in that moment, it's fine. I don't need you to like vigorously jack me off for another 20 minutes until I do. Like sometimes I just am not going to and that's okay. And like I feel like so many women, especially when they're younger and I know I had this if a guy didn't come, I was like, oh, my God, like, no, you have to come or like this wasn't successful.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, you are so right. Like that. That's so sad that that's what we think. Right. And I think that comes from women being raised and conditioned as people pleasers and overgivers. Absolutely, most of us have really shitty boundaries with that uh we feel like we have to please everyone yeah and that's the crock of bullshit so <laughs> stop like it's not your responsibility to make your partner have an orgasm every single time just like it's it's not his responsibility to make you have one either <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, it's, it's,
1: Pretty simple, but it's it's a lot a lot easier said than done to stop feeling like that need or compulsion to have to please your partner every single time or sex isn't successful. I mean yeah. that's that's ridiculous.
0: Absolutely. You know? I feel like it's something I'm still learning every day with my partner where it's oh, like yeah. I'm finally in like a confident place where it's like if he doesn't come or if I don't come, like it's okay. We can still accept that we like had a good time and it's it's not the end of the world.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like just like you and I, like we have sex podcasts where we're sex professionals, you know, it's like, even I have shitty sexual experiences sometimes. Like Absolutely. no, one, no couple ever in existence of humanity is going to have the perfect sex every single time. <laughs> so you might as well get that out of your head. Like you are going to have, shitty sexual experiences with your partner at some point and if you don't then I beg to question what your relationship is actually like yeah
0: truly absolutely (laughs) it's like the same people who were like yeah we've like never fought and it's been four years and I'm like are I how often Uh, how much time do you spend together because (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy to me Um, another thing another thing I kind of want to talk about that I, I know that you kind of work with is that there are different types of female orgasm which I feel like a lot of people don't know
1: Mm-hmm, like yes. I
0: And you actually brought it up very briefly earlier. I very recently found out about the A-spot. Like, I think it's a pretty common misconception that there's the clitoris and the G-spot, and a lot of people don't know that there's an A-spot.
1: hmm Yeah. So as far as orgasms go, honestly, uh, and especially when you learn Tantra, you learn that there's different states of orgasm that you can be in. You can actually be, like, Omni-orgasmic, which is like the ultimate state of of orgasm, which okay. is being able to take any experience and make it orgasmic. And this is, for women, like, oh, my God, this is so luscious because the uh, the basically the definition of orgasm is a little bullshit, too. Okay? okay. The definition that we have of orgasm, is based on a male model of orgasm. Mm -hmm. And for women, that definition is extremely limiting to, number one, women's experiences of pleasure and peak pleasure, (coughs) excuse me. But also, uh, it's limiting to what's available to women and men. Yeah, And what I mean by available is that, like... Actually, one of the practices I teach my clients is contract emotional liberation. Okay. And that's where you can take any emotion and you can make it an orgasmic experience if you mix it with pleasure. Whoa. And yeah, so this is how you can have like angergasms. You can have laughtergasms. You can have grief griefgasms. Any sort of experience can become orgasmic if you break it down to the sensation, mix the sensation with pleasure. Yeah. pull it through the body and really let yourself go there and get into it yeah right so not only are there like physical orgasmic experiences that you can have in your vagina like the a spot um, and just for those of you that don't know that is uh this it's a spot about one centimeter to two centimeters uh below the cervix Mm -hmm. on the anterior side of your vagina so you can, that's the part that really is going to stimulate uh deep vaginal orgasms from penetration with yeah. your partner, a, a male partner or a dildo or whatever. Uh, so that is a really luscious orgasm. And when you mix the A spot with clitoral stimulation, that's what we call a blended orgasm. Okay. And that's what can help women to really open up uh, their ability to have deep vaginal orgasms is to blend it with, you know, the outside vulva of the clitoris stimulation um, while you're being penetrated but like obviously we have all these physical orgasms you can have from your vagina but you can also have breast orgasms you can have anal orgasms yeah you can have orgasms from your perineum Um, and and I just want to say really quick to men too that like men and anal orgasms is is an amazing thing. Like it, it makes me so sad that men are so terrified of anal play or they're terrified to even admit that they like it. When it's like, you have a prostate there.
0: It's literally prostate, right there for
1: you. Yeah. It's like full of pleasure potential and you're afraid to touch it. And you know, like there, there's like this complex that men have. like, if I like anal stimulation, that must mean I'm gay. Yes. And it's just I just want to say that's total bullshit that doesn't make you gay. It's
0: absolute <laughs> bullshit. And it's funny because so many men I know are so against it and they have this stigma and blah, blah, blah. And, like, uh-huh. right the, the second they do it, they're like, oh, my God, what have I been missing?
1: Right. And, like, it becomes
0: this, like, whole <laughs> new world for them. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great message for, like, straight men who are in like heteronormative relationships it's like it mm-hmm. doesn't take away from your masculinity It do- and also like so many women want to do it. like so many girls I know I don't think I know any women at least in my like circle who were like ew I don't want to do that like so many women I know were like I want to but he doesn't like there's right? so, there's mm-hmm. so many women who just like want to explore that for the mm-hmm. guy because they they you know we don't have that kind of like stress from like the toxic masculinity that society has taught us. So we understand that it's more about just like, yeah, sure. Like if it feels good, let's try it. And I feel like men get so much more in their heads about it. I've even had a friend who was like, the guy was like, oh, well, I only want to do it like almost like things that women do with like, I only want to do it like all the lights off and under the covers. Like it's like this very (laughs) shameful thing that like women sometimes deal with.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just that that fear that if they actually like it, then, oh my God, what if that means I like men? No, it doesn't. Yeah, they're... they're... If you like men, you like men, but just because you like your butt being touched or your perineum or your uh, prostate doesn't make you gay. Yeah, they're not mutually
0: exclusive, and there's a whole new world to butt stuff with men that I wish that more guys would be open to.
1: (laughs) Totally, yeah. And, like, with the prostate for men... It's a lot like the same thing with the cervix for women. So your cervix is extremely orgasmic too. But most women, when like if they've ever actually touched their cervix or had direct contact with you know a dildo or whatever, then they'll uh, they feel pain there. Like there's a lot of pain there, and yeah. this is what we call um, dearmoring. And when you're learning tantra techniques uh, and the JdeG techniques, there's a lot of things that I teach women to de-armor their cervix. And that just means like once you get past the pain and release it because your vagina and your cervix is like a sponge and it holds on to all the negative bullshit that you got taught and raised with. Yeah. Like once you release the pain, then you can open up to pleasure there. Right, so it's like this initial period of like, oh my god, it hurts. But when I teach them the technique and they do it on themselves in like a really safe environment where they feel safe, then they they can release all that pain and that. a lot of times they just numbness, like they don't feel anything there. Yeah. Well, this doesn't feel good. And it's like no, you just release the pain and the numbness by doing, you know, applying pressure and holding the pressure there. And a lot of shit's going to come up. Wow. (laughs) And then eventually, when you do it a couple times, then it starts to become pleasurable. Yeah. And then it starts to become orgasmic. And your pleasure capacity just keeps expanding. But it takes that initial like dearmoring process being with everything that's coming up, being with the painful sensations at first, and then you get to move into, like, all this additional pleasure. Like, oh, my God, wow, there's, like, a whole other world on the other side of pain.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like it's kind of, like, stretching. Like, at first it hurts, but if you, like, breathe through it and work on it, eventually uh-huh. it becomes, like, just an easy thing for you to do.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Well, I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap up. I learned more about orgasms yeah. than I ever even thought there was to know. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. And
0: so your website where everything can be found, including the jade egg, is the dot com.
1: Yes, ma'am.
0: Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much again. Also, if you guys want to share a story or you want to give me an episode or anything at all, you can leave me a voicemail. Call me at 424-245-5102. If you don't want to leave me a voicemail, you can also email me at wtgfypodcast at gmail.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And uh, all your, her information will be down below in the description. And I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye.